The first reading today uh, from Jeremiah speaks of, of these bad shepherds and, you know, how God is going to uh, take away their power and, and give the, that power to worthy shepherds. And Jeremiah is referring to the kings of Israel, who are also referred to as shepherds. And, um, you know, that's a lot of what the, the prophets did. That was a lot of their, often their job was to speak to these corrupt kings and to tell them that they were leading God's people astray and that they were going to be punished. So this is why the prophets were very popular, you know. Um, you're doing a horrible job. You're going to get punished by God and probably die. Oh, thanks. Would you like to have dinner? Um, so the, the prophets were not, you know, well-liked, as we know. And... You know, Jeremiah says, well, well, God is going to raise up good shepherds for his people. And, you know, sometimes there were good kings and sometimes there were not. Um, it's almost like, you know, sometimes there are bad presidents and sometimes they're pretty much always bad presidents. <laughs> but, you know, we... we um, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of culture has become rather cynical about leadership in general, and for a good reason. Uh, leadership, well, let's not say leadership, let's say those in power, because, you know, those in power often misuse their power, as Jeremiah was saying, and it ends up just being uh, used for the sake of retaining power. And I think you see this in pretty much every political system. Those in power want to keep it. Those who lost it want it back. The goal of elections is generally to retain power. No, it's not. It's to change things for the better. <laughs> so I'm a cynic with politics, obviously. You know, and it's funny, as, as we go through each election cycle, and, you know, sometimes the guy wins that I want and sometimes not, as, as with all of us, I come to recognize that, I've come to recognize that it doesn't really make a huge amount of difference in my life. That actually the greatest amount of difference in my life are the things that I choose to bring into it, the things that I choose to affect. And I think that's, that's true also of, uh, of all of us, that, you know, the greatest amount of authority in any family is really the parents, whether they use that authority in a good way or in a bad way. That's the greatest impact in the family system, of course, are the parents. And I think sometimes we get so focused on, on power outside of us, you know, um, that we can begin to blame those people for why our lives are not going the way we want them to. But really, we are the ones who have the most amount of control over what's happening in our lives. And it's usually our lack of courage that limits our ability to make those changes in our life. Courage as well as unwillingness to take responsibility. So we turn to, you know, Christ, who is the Good Shepherd. And it's a really interesting um, gospel because, you know, Jesus and his disciples are just kind of like, you know, we, we just need a little rest. We need a little time away. 
They've been busy ministering, and, and the Lord says, well, come away, come, you know, let's go talk, let's be, you know, let's have some quiet time together. And we're told that the people were coming so much that they couldn't even eat. So not only could they not get to a deserted place, but they had no time to even eat because people were so, had so many needs and were, quite frankly, so needy that they wouldn't even allow them that space, you know, to be alone. And so then we're told, well, then they went off on a boat. They're like, well, let's really get out of here. Let's get on a boat and get, just get away because we need to get away. Everybody needs a break, yeah, even the Lord and his disciples. So they get in a boat. And the people see where they're going, and they all bolt for where they're going, and they're already waiting there before they disembark. And you can kind of tell at that point Jesus knows, yeah, I'm not going to get a break. I'm not going to get a rest. It kind of sounds like parenting a little bit, right? Especially when you have little ones. I mean, once they're teenagers, they don't want anything to do with you. But when they're little... They really have so many needs. You satisfy this need, and okay, they're good for a while, for like two minutes, and then more. Then they're good for a while, and then more, right? As a parent, it can be just exhausting, um, especially those of you who, who do it full-time. I mean, you all do it full-time, but if you're in the home full-time, it can be incredibly exhausting, not because you don't love your children, but because there's just always needs, and this is, I think, the, the feeling that Jesus has when he comes off the boat and he sees the people. He's like, gosh, I just wanted a break. Because in his humanity, he just, you know, he just needed a nap. Can't even get a nap. And so his, but his heart, because of his love for the people, his heart is filled with compassion and pity. And so he begins to minister. He begins to give more. I wonder how many of you have felt that way. You know, you're already exhausted. You're already, you've already given all you can give, and yet there's still time in the day to give more. And your heart is moved, and so you just give. And sometimes we, we do get exhausted. We get tired, and we need that rest. The other thing that occurs to me is about Jesus, is we see in this gospel that he's always pouring out. He's always pouring himself out for his people. So that even though, you know, in his humanity there was a desire for rest and, and to spend that time with his disciples alone, that he will not take a break because the needs of his people are so great. That, some, that perhaps runs counter to when we wonder, what's God doing up there? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever thought that, but, you know, your life is sort of not going so well that day, that week, that decade, you know, and you kind of wonder, what, what are you doing? What are you doing up there? As if God's taking a break, you know, for a decade. Just you. God is just punishing you for a decade. What's he doing? But what we see here is played out is uh, 
the heart of God, God's heart for us, that He is doing things, that He is working, that He is active, that He's always looking for ways to reach out to His people and to heal them. And in our lives, you know, we have this sort of dichotomy between those things which have been healed and those things not yet healed. So when we look at our lives, we can, you know, obviously in hindsight, we can see these ways in which God has, has manifested himself and healed us in, in sometimes really incredible ways. As a priest, I particularly am privy to these stories. People will tell me of, of how God has rescued them how the Lord has saved them, how the Lord has brought them out of addiction, out of depression, how the Lord has set them free from so many things in their lives. But I'm also privy to the people who say, how long, O Lord? When will you set me free? When will I be set free? And why haven't you done it yet? I mean, it's like the Psalms, the Psalms of David, which very much enunciate these ideas of when, Lord, will you set me free from whatever it is. And it's important we remember this dynamic that the Lord's heart is always filled with compassion and pity for us. His love for us is constantly going out. And while we may be in, in the, the depths of despair or depression or addiction or you know, some sort of distress, or we will be in the future, that the Lord is always active. The Lord is always seeking to heal. The Lord is always seeking to penetrate our lives. And we wonder why it doesn't happen right away. Well, it doesn't happen right away. It rarely happens right away. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that. God wants us to work. God wants us to struggle. God wants us to grow and develop virtue and persistence and courage and all of these other virtues as opposed to just fixing things right away. This is one of the ways that we learn. It's a certain pedagogy, a spiritual pedagogy that God has. So for those of you who are awaiting your liberation, for those of you who are awaiting that kind of redemption or to be set free, pray with all your might. Pray with all your might. Trust in God. Have hope. Never give up hope. The Lord is working. The Lord will set you free. The Lord will bring you to full redemption. Please stand.